I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast, the place to listen to and think about the bigger picture of living with a chronic illness. Moving away from the fix, reject, resist narrative, you'll find conversations about how your chronic illness can be a force for good in your life, your superpower even, and discussions about its potential to guide you towards a more aligned way of living and healing. I'm Alana Holloway, chronic illness coach. And today I welcome, with big open arms, Lucy Victoria Jackson. And it's not necessarily because of me that I'm at this point, but now it's down to me where I go forwards from here and how I change my thinking from here. I first met Lucy in one of her yoga classes and she was a shining light at the end of a very long search for a yoga teacher I clicked with. Lucy wears a few different hats. As I've mentioned, she's a yoga teacher, but she's also a meditation facilitator, a retreat hostess, and her retreats are fantastic. And her most important hat of all, as she would say, is being dog mama to Elsie. What ties all of these roles together is her love of creating space for people to breathe and take a sweet moment to themselves. Her teaching style is non-dogmatic and playful, and I love it. And her motto is that life is often serious enough, so why not enjoy the precious time you take to yourself? At the time of recording this, I'm also working on my new workshop, Planning to Heal. I used to think that as a person living with a chronic illness, planning and me just didn't mix. It almost felt like it was a system created to help me fail because no matter what I had planned, my chronic illness always had other ideas. But then I learned how to plan in a way that suited me and that was chronic illness informed, if you like. And it's honestly been such a big part of this shift that I've welcomed into my life in the past couple of years. Not only has it helped me move away from always feeling like such a flake and a letdown, even if that's not how other people saw me, but 
I've also used it as a tool for healing. If any of that resonates, I'd love for you to check it out. Head to my website again, alanaholloway.com, and you'll find all the details there. Hi, Lucy. Um, thank you so, so much for coming onto the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast. Um, I have actually just finished one of your uh, yoga flows in your Root and Rise uh, program. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Thank you for that. Good. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for joining me. I hope I taught well. <laughs> oh, you did. You did. It was beautiful, as always. Um, oh, bless you. <laughs> um so yeah and it was nice as we didn't have our swim this morning so it was nice to connect with you in that way <laughs> different to usual definitely yeah yeah so we didn't go swimming because I was listening to my body this morning usually every Thursday we've got a nice routine of kind of getting up early getting in the lake but I just thought this morning my period pains are really bad they're really strong and my whole body this week has just been saying no you're tired take a rest and I did rest I did sleep in but then I, I must say I actually did go for a little run but yeah, I think it was just much more what my body wanted today so thank you for your understanding yeah. there celebration <laughs> of listening to your body so Lucy I would love to talk to you today about I think one of the things I really when we first met one of the things I really loved uh, about your classes and we did meet for the first time in one of your classes was something you say at the beginning and the end you usually I think of, of every class and that is you have nothing else to do nowhere else to go and nothing else to be I think I've got that right really <laughs> yeah it's it's no one else to be at the ah, end yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so I love that and and I think something that we've talked about is is presence and connection and when when you're living with a chronic illness I think presence and being present in in kind of this moment can be really really difficult because you kind of want to get away from it and and actually something we've also talking talking talked about is sitting with pain and discomfort and the Mm. things you can learn from that so I'd just love for you to talk about that really wow okay yeah that's a big (laughs) one to start with yeah so the reason I like that phrase and the reason I include it in every single um, class I teach is that so many of us I, I would almost go as far to say all of us live these lives where we are on the move and we're you know always worrying about other people worrying about what we're doing with work we're here there and everywhere even during covid you know yes we were in our own little bubbles we were in our own four walls but there was still this kind of need to expand and to go out and to push and grow and um, and the reason that i like to use that phrase is, is just to remind people to come as they are and whatever they're coming with that is more than okay Mm. because every every message that we receive in life you know marketing message um it's all about how we're not enough and how Mm -hmm. if we had this cream this would make us more smooth or if we use this mascara we'd look more beautiful if we had this procedure then it would solve this problem and there's never any messages of you know you are more than enough exactly as you are in this moment and I think kind of using that phrase at the beginning of a class for me and just reminding yourself of it whenever it it pops into your Mm -hmm. mind it can be so powerful for just going you know what actually right here whatever I'm going through whatever I'm feeling however I look right now that's okay that's Mm. you know I I don't need to pretend I don't need to play a role I don't need to wear a mask I'm actually okay (laughs) so so that's kind of what I love about um firstly the wording there and then also I find the more repetition with things like that the more that we do start to actually believe it you know and it's it's not going to be that we believe it all the time but it's the more you know the more that we repeat something the more that someone repeats something to us the more I suppose automatic it becomes if that makes Mm -hmm. sense Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's beautiful Um, would you say that there's a big 
kind of message of acceptance in there. It sounded like acceptance is just something that, again, you know, going back to these marketing messages and these, these, you know, things are being sold to us and these ideas that are being sold to us. It's mm. actually all coming from this place of, of non-acceptance and, mm-hmm. and acceptance for me was, I actually think we all have different kind of definitions of what acceptance means to us, but mm. which was quite funny because I think I was going along with an idea of, of kind of a standard of acceptance. And, but all the while I was kind of lying to myself that, that I was accepting of myself. And, and I was, I, I talk about this quite often. I was saying, you know, I accept, I accept the way I am if it means you know, like if it means I'll heal, if it means my skin will get better, if it means this. And and that mm. just like completely missed the point. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, there was if, the if caveat mm-hmm. there. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think it, it's, it's. I mean, that not just that phrase, but also my whole kind of um, experience that I've had with yoga and the teachers that I've had have definitely helped me to to see this kind of um yeah to feel acceptance of myself not I'm not saying 100% all the time because there Mm -hmm. are definitely times when I want to change this and if I were to just eat a bit less and then I'd be a bit skinnier that I of course (laughs) I have those thoughts that everyone else has Mm -hmm. but it's kind of it, it it's taught me that um you know the other phrase is everything I need I already have Mm, so yeah, yeah everything I need I already have and it's it's kind of um I mean I suppose it's the opposite almost of a lot of the messaging out there more actually in the wellness space at the moment and that is all about expansion and growing out and how much more money can you make and how much more 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 can you do and produce and actually for me I was living in that mindset for such a long time you know how many more Instagram followers can I get Mm. and how, how many more classes a week can I teach and it was that more 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 that really I think made me quite unhappy actually even though I was doing something I loved for a living and I I do love teaching yoga I love sharing the practice but I was still really unhappy and I think it was it was that I hadn't um I hadn't got to that place of fully accepting where I am in each and every moment and Mm -hmm. so actually I you know once I realized that that's where it's coming from that helped me to come much more to that place if that makes sense yeah 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 it's it's hard though (laughs) oh my god it's so hard it's so hard and I actually love what you just said about accepting where I am at where I am in each and every moment and Mm. actually you know acceptance isn't something that you can do and tick off it's it's this like evolving ever changing landscape Mm -hmm. and and that's that's uh yeah it's actually just come to me but you know it's something that to acknowledge that and and having having that grounding I think in being able to remind yourself and you say with these phrases you know reminding yourself of them every day having that grounding and kind of knowing where to go with something mm-hmm. with with the acceptance with with um you know being present knowing kind of how to navigate that Mm. Or, or knowing that you don't have to go anywhere <laughs> or knowing that you don't have to go anywhere right yes yes, so, yes of course. sometimes you'll find exactly where you are it's yeah you know it, it's it's almost getting behind the why as well why do I feel like I need to put that if caveat in why if I'm gonna get that I'm like I mean because we all know we've all been through those experiences I mean for me um the, sometimes my guilty pleasure is um purchasing things that I probably don't need to be purchasing and I I know it, I know when I'm about to purchase that thing that when it arrives it's not really going to make me that happy um yeah. but I've still got this oh but if you know if it does when it comes then my wardrobe will be complete and I'll never need anything ever again yes. <laughs> you know but actually it's kind of um, I'm not explaining it very well, but you know what I mean. It's like if 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 we accept that we everything we have we already need, and take the if and the buts and the whens out of it, 
then you know again it's a practice I think maybe that's the word you were looking for as well it's a practice it's never a journey it's never a destination that we ever fully arrive at but it's it's just a practice of putting these phrases and these you know these things in place kind of day to day so yeah 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 totally and I've got I totally resonate (laughs) with the kind of the the, then that will be complete you know idea it's just it's it's not really acknowledging that just you know it is ever changing our lives our bodies our health the landscape the world is is Mm -hmm. just ever changing and and we can again you know if I have that I will be happy it's that kind Mm -hmm. of like that idea Mm -hmm. of this um uh, far-reaching happiness that that Mm -hmm. we'll never we'll never get yeah um mm. And asking the why, why, why do I think I would be happy if and when I were to get there? And why can't I be happy right now? Why can't I accept what, where I am right now? It's that, that's kind of, I think, really the question that we, we should be asking ourselves in those moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, a touching question, actually, because mm. as you were saying that, I, I kind of imagined myself, you know, in the days when I was really, really struggling with my health and, you know, why can't I be happy? And, and my answer would have been, you know, I'm in pain and mm. I, I don't, you know, in fact, you know, I really hated what I saw when I looked in the mirror because, uh, you know, my chronic illness is visible and it's, you know, my skin. So, mm. and I hated what was happening to my body and, and, you know, how can I be happy when all of that is true? Mm. Um, and that required, you know, really, I think, sitting with it and and, mm. and and just having faith, I think, that there was something perhaps bigger at play. I I, I can't I can't even remember really. Um what what do you think about kind of, you know, if you even if you ask yourself, you know, why can't why do I believe this thing will make me happy or, or, you know, given a circumstance? And I know mental health is something that you, you Mm. know, are continuously working with. And Mm -hmm. it's when you're having these, these really, um, I suppose, negative feelings about your current situation, Mm. how does that play out? So for me, when I start to feel or think and in, in a what we would say as a negative way I mean if you know me I try yeah. not to use kind of positive <laughs> <No>. and negative <laughs> image, yeah. let's use it because everyone will know what we mean so when those negative thoughts start to come in um it either goes one of two ways for me so let's say I um I haven't acknowledged the negative thoughts so they start to come in if I go down that route and it starts to um you know, snowball, because that's really, it's, that is really what happens is, you know, if you don't nip it in the bud, it's just one negative thought after another. So, oh, I don't like that, how my tummy looks in the mirror. Oh my God, I'm so fat. Oh my God, my arms are so fat too. Like I'm, I'm not good enough. I, you know, I should do more exercise. I should eat less calories. Well, why can I not eat less calories? Why, you know, it it starts Mm. to snowball. Whereas if I, catch it and I kind of I go the other way the negative thought will come and I go ah okay I can (laughs) see what's about to happen here I can either let myself go down that route that we just explored or I can go well yeah okay my tummy might look a little bit big in inverted commas today but you know what? I really enjoyed that meal last night. It yeah. was delicious. And my body is amazing because it allows me to enjoy all this delicious food. And I ate that food so that I have the energy to do the activities that I love, like wild swimming with my friend or like <laughs> going on a run or walking my dog. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of, I don't know if that answers your question, but it's kind of, for me, it's, it, it, that's how it can manifest. It can go either one of two ways, but taking the second route, it definitely, again, coming back to that word practice, it's taken a lot of practice and I can't say I always choose that route. Sometimes I still go the first route and yeah, it's just, it's just how it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, that does answer my question. Also, it, it highlights this idea of of the reasons I I think that we 
become unhappy with certain parts of ourselves, whether that mm. be our, the way our tummy looks, whether that be the way our skin looks, whether that be mm. um, the way we feel that day. And it's, mm. is it because this picture of what a human being in society is here to do that's, mm. that's painted to us? You know, we're here to serve, we're here to please, we're here to... Um, be cogs in a huge wheel and and when the you know and and as kind of um little pieces of that we're here to do that in a way that where we look like you know people that you know I would have said I would have said on a magazine but you know people we see on Instagram these days or the way that filters mm -hmm. make people look on Instagram these days or whatever and 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 actually we forget I love what you said about hey no me being me right now is allowing me to do all of these things I absolutely love doing and mm. and when I was very poorly my, I was underweight and mm. I was underweight for a long long time and actually I, I didn't realize it so much but my family did and and they'd say to me you know you know in a concerned way you're you're looking quite underweight and I'd be thinking, hey, this is a bonus of my chronic illness, you know, like, this is great. <laughs> but actually, as I've, as my skin has become so much better, and as the reason I was underweight, it wasn't anything to do with the amount of eat, eating I did. I eat a lot of food, always have done. My mm. body was using so many calories mm. to, you know, because my skin barrier was just completely broken from head to toe. Um, I just wasn't eating the right amount of calories. And actually, I didn't know that, really. I didn't, I didn't recognize that I needed to be eating a significant amount of calories. Mm. Anyway, as I have, as my skin's become a lot better, I've put on weight and, mm. and that's been really um, tricky for me to navigate because I'm starting to, I'm st my weight wasn't really a consideration in my head before, but now I'm starting to kind of think, think things about myself and and you know that actually remind me of when I was 14 and mm -hmm. you know I was going through puberty and I went through puberty quite late and I was going through puberty and I was comparing myself to you know the ideals and quote unquote <laughs> and um but actually me being the weight I am now not only means that I'm healthy and not only means that my skin, you know, it's a bit of a, um, uh, they feed into one another. My skin is mm -hmm. good, but I'm also able to do so much mm -hmm. of the things that bring mm -hmm. me so much joy in life. Mm. And, and my body is carrying me through that. And, and, and it's, yeah, it's this kind of thing of being able to thank ourselves for the things that society says are wrong. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah you know and and being able to understand the bigger picture of what's going on you know and is is the way we're feeling getting us to look at something you know even though society says we shouldn't feel like this you know mm. and it's not nice feeling you know down or low I, I get that but is it getting us to look or be able to sit with ourselves or be able to you know take us on a journey of acceptance Mm. yeah well I mean thank you for sharing that first of all because it's, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah no not at all not at all but it's it's so um it's so sad and I'm I'm realizing this kind of more and more and I'm not an expert in the field of weight loss or um you know anti-diet or anything I'm not an expert in that area at all however what I have realized as a woman and it's very much you know the same as you is that you get complimented more when you are mm. smaller mm. people give you more compliments say you look amazing when you are smaller mm. and you know and then when you're bigger you know people they might not say anything especially if you have if you have nice friends who wouldn't kind of make you know but but we've been programmed to think that bigger is not better bigger is is less healthy mm -hmm. and actually I was listening to a podcast about it just today actually and um really really interesting I always get her name wrong but it's Jamila Jamil one uh -huh. of our podcasts and on the I Way podcast and then an actual NHS doctor it was a, a slightly older 
older episode from August. I can send you the link. And mm. uh, it's just absolutely fascinating because what this doctor was saying was actually um, in, you know, in the ICU, the patients who are slightly overweight might actually have more chance of surviving because you know as you were saying you know when your body is is healing and trying to recover from something just like with with your skin Mm -hmm. um it it needs that extra energy so it kind of Mm. you know it it will use up the supplies it you know it's not to be an advocate for being seriously overweight but actually kind of healthy weight for most of us is not super super skinny and a really low body body percentage fat it's actually kind of you know and it's and we need to kind of step away from this idea of 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 weight and how we look because it should be much more about how we feel like you know the vitality that we feel and by Mm. the sounds of things that's exactly what you've got back is your vitality yeah and 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 that's what we should celebrate is feeling well being able to go out and enjoy the things that we like doing you know having good you know cognitive function our brains as well (laughs) all of all of these things things that those are signs of health and vitality and you know I I just as I say again I'm no doctor I'm no scientist I'm not an expert on that conversation but I know that when I haven't eaten um, or eaten very well my brain just doesn't work I feel Mm. rubbish and actually it does affect my mental state too in terms of those negative thoughts start to come in and I'm going to be much more likely to again go down that route of negative thinking my mental health is much more affected when I am you know when I'm trying to lose but I, I must say I've I've been quite I think lucky is the word that mm-hmm. I, you know my you know my, my mom tried a few diets growing up but she was never super restrictive in her eating at all she would do I mean I don't think there's anything such as like a, a healthy diet so to speak but mm-hmm. we, we were always encouraged to eat quite healthily and like a range of foods and everything so I think I'm quite lucky that I've never been too drawn to you know the restrictive eating Mm -hmm. on a on an extreme scale I've of of course as most girls have tried to restrict calories time you know a few times I've tried that but I think I've realized quite quickly that um as I say when I do that I just don't feel good and I can't do the activities that I enjoy and I love to be active as you know yeah. me I love I to do. be active yeah, yeah. and I need to feel like I'm you know I'm at least I can take the dog for a walk or you know just get outside once a day so anyway big ramble there on something I'm totally not qualified to speak about but just <laughs> it happens to my thoughts <laughs> no, but it's, it's your your experience and you're totally qualified yes. in, in thinking about <laughs> your experience you know it's it's this sometimes I think we have a fear of um of saying things that aren't scientifically correct or you know go against the the general kind of train of thought but actually your experience matters and and Mm. and you know to be able to actually connect to that and speak to that is Mm. is so important to to our well-being really Mm. Mm. um so thank you um as we have touched on, you know, thought patterns and, you mm. know, mental health, depression and anxiety and anxiety are, are things that you, you live with. And mm. I, it, it was interesting um, that I, I asked if you live with a chronic illness and, and you said no, but um, some people, I suppose, would see depression and anxiety as, as chronic because they're, mm. they're with you. Um, unless mm-hmm. it's situational of course there, there is a difference but um and you know it would be classed as a mental illness mm. in in um kind of more more medical terms I suppose mm. um how has your journey with that changed I know I know yoga has been such a big part of that for you and also your movement you, you talked about that and getting outside with your dog Elsie mm. and you know moving every day I know that plays a huge part what I'd love for you to speak a bit more about your journey with that yeah so taking a few steps back for me um I think my mental health challenges began actually when I was going through puberty so for mm-hmm. me it began actually when my hormones changed at around the age of 13 um, and I would say at that age, it was the depression that flared up the most rather mm-hmm. than anxiety. As I've got older, that's actually 
probably flipped I would say as I've got older it's more anxiety and less depression I think Mm -hmm. and I, I I don't know if that's hormonal I'm not sure but my personal experience is um I would go through really really dark patches for my depression when I was younger and um linked to that was also quite a long period of self-harm as well mm-hmm. so between the ages of 13 and 19 20 I would also self-harm using mm. um razor blades so trigger warning on the episode mm-hmm. for anyone mm-hmm. anyone that's listening there so yeah using razor blades and my my intention with that at the time was was never I I don't think to end things completely but it was actually just a cry for help and um, I, I think for me, that was that was how it manifested. And I just really felt so helpless. And I just had no idea um, how to change that, you know, those thought patterns. And that got discovered um, by my parents. So I think when I was up 15, they found the marks. And then I, I did go to cognitive behavioral therapy at that time. So mm-hmm. Again, full disclaimer, I got got help and it was private. It was paid for. So I know that's not available to everybody, but I was very lucky that for me that was available. And I I think the cognitive behavioral therapy did help me to begin my journey towards uh, changing my thought patterns and Mm -hmm. kind of, as I spoke about, nipping them in the bud and trying Mm -hmm. to change them when I, I noticed that. Um, but then unfortunately for me, as you know, when I was 18, I, I then got into a very emotionally abusive relationship as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of, um, although I was kind of starting to grow my toolkit, so to speak, that to help me navigate the anxiety and depression, that um, added another layer of, uh, mm-hmm. of of stuff to work through I, I say another layer probably another few layers if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. there yeah. was a lot you know because it was it was a very um I think the term that I've, I've learned recently is co- coercive control there was a lot right. of that in in yeah. my relationship so um because of that my my thought patterns were, were hugely influenced by him and what he was telling me and how you know um seeing myself through his reflection of what you know what he was telling me I was rather than how I actually felt about myself and so of course it was very interesting though actually during that time I would say that my anxiety and depression actually um, wasn't as prevalent and I Mm. think it was because I almost became emotionally numb during Mm -hmm. that period of my life just to to shut down and deal with what was going on it was like the only way that I could deal with it um and then I found yoga around hmm, maybe like three years into that situation uh so it was yeah it must have been about three three and a half years into that situation because it I'd I met him when I was 18 as I say I went mm. to university with him even and I, I I started to do some yoga YouTube videos when I was at university so big up the yoga videos again yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was only after uni that I then seriously started to get into um yoga again and actually what was really interesting for me like I, I kind of described that um period of of my yoga practice is almost like peeling back the layers and it, it was kind of like I was shedding those things that he was kind of putting in my brain and and slowly I started to kind of see what was true for me and what mm-hmm. had been in, enforced and imprinted upon me by this other person um and yeah and, and but still though I think emotionally I was still quite um shut down I was still quite kind of I I suppressed it because I think it was like a survival thing it was like I need to get through this I need to survive this and then when I'm out the other side you know (laughs) that's that was a different story but yeah so so I did come out the other side it was five and a half years in the end that I was in that situation but I came Mm -hmm. out the other side when I was um 23 I think. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, quite interestingly, initially, again, I got more therapy when I first came out. So again, that was another another tool. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot there were a lot of tears and stuff. But it was it was more um, 
kind of I, I think just for me to verbally get everything out first of all yeah. just to be like this is what happened <laughs> I need to tell someone I need to like be told that it wasn't my fault because mm-hmm. I think I did know that deep down but I think I just needed that extra validation but it's been really interesting because um coming out the other side of that I I couldn't put a timeline on it I'm now 31 Mm -hmm. so as I came out of that when I was 23 now 31 um I would say the last few years actually the anxiety especially has started to flare up again Uh And 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 I feel like maybe that's because once I knew I was emotionally kind of safe and, Mm -hmm. you know, I could start to feel again. And that's when actually um, it started to manifest itself a little bit more. Mm. And so even though I found yoga and that really helped me get out of that situation, it's kind of been, again, it's a practice. It's been an ongoing tool that I've had to use to navigate now this this new wave of whatever's Mm. whatever's coming up I say new wave but it's been over the last few years and I'm definitely not there wherever Mm -hmm. there might be (laughs) (laughs) but I'm I'm slowly kind of um I think I'm slowly beginning to realize how I can really use the the tools that yoga has has given me to now be an emotional being as well an emotionally like alive being that's in touch with my emotions that's you know and as I say it's it's a real journey and I will never be there but um I'm I'm getting there I suppose Mm, I don't know yeah (laughs) does that all again now that was my turn to word format on you but um yeah (laughs) story of our uh, relationship (laughs) (laughs) oh no thank you so much for sharing that that's that's Mm. uh you know I really appreciate your your vulnerability there and and thank Mm. you um I that shutting down is Mm. so interesting um and I sometimes think, well, it, it's such a protective mechanism that mm-hmm. our our bodies sometimes take over. And, and I think, you know, especially when we're going through a really traumatic experience, mm-hmm. um, our bodies can take over and, and protect us that way. Mm-hmm. And and often it's the the aftermath of that, the fallout of that, mm-hmm. that um, is almost as tough you know it's Mm. it's it's um trying to process all of that and but you need strength to be able to do that right and Mm. and yeah talking to to that shutting down and 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 asking I suppose you as a yoga teacher me as a coach we we're sometimes asking people I think to to con- in asking people to connect with themselves I think that's asking people to come out of that shutdown mode mm. and perhaps you know that that might be how you know what yoga I'm not putting words into your mouth here but um what yoga did did for you when and and helped you out of that and, and I was so pleased to hear that you had other tools to kind of help yes. you help yeah. you through that Um, yeah definitely and I must just kind of say at this point as well for me when I talk about yoga and I know you know this but just mm. to make it clear for anyone listening it isn't just the movement of yoga and it's you know and I really do want to make that clear because for some people the movement is great and that's as far as they're going to take yoga and that's absolutely fine if that's what you want to use that for then brilliant but for me it, it is the whole thing I don't try to use the word holistically too much but it's the it's the holistic approach to it it's it's the mind it's the body it's how I actually show up in the world around me as well Mm -hmm. it's kind of you know it's it's all of those things and yes I had the cognitive behavioral therapy yes I had talking therapies but actually a lot of my meditation teachers have really helped me to learn techniques as well you know mindful techniques as well about Mm -hmm. 
observing thoughts and seeing them come in and actually trying not to judge that thought as a good or a bad thought, which is why I said mm, earlier yes. that, you know, I don't do positives or negatives really, yeah. because actually each thought, it, it just is, it just mm-hmm. is what it is. And it's a piece of information. It's come up from somewhere. It's come up for a reason. Mm-hmm. It might lead to another thought. It might lead to actually an emotion building within us. And it's, it's very, very interesting when you, can start to kind of use those tools that yoga can offer us because Mm -hmm. it it really helps you to see that I know this is so classic and cheesy but you're not your mind you are not your mind and you are not your thoughts yes you experience them so don't negate that you know it's very much part of the human experience but just because you experience something like you're, you're going to experience getting rained on on a rainy day and you're going to feel that and it's going to make you really wet and really cold and you're going to wish you had your umbrella with you. But it's, you know, it's it. So it doesn't make it any less. It's yeah. just it is not attached to you. And I actually actually find it very interesting, actually, then when I start to observe thoughts, I do start to go oh well, where is that coming from? Then I wonder yeah. why that's coming up today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe it is that time in my cycle when my hormones are kind of, you know, making my, mm. my thoughts, you know, more prone to be you know. And so it's kind of, so for me, that's what I just need to make that clear. That that's what yoga yeah. is, as you know, as well as the physical side of it. And then also for me, a huge part, especially this year mm. has been reminding myself that actually, um, going out into the world is so important as well and it's it as I say it's about how you show up it's about how you interact with other people it's about what you're giving what you're sharing and it's you know and but we can only do that part if we do take care of ourselves as well yeah absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. and I I love your perspective on yoga and I know that's chain that's been changing that mm-hmm. is changing um, a lot at the moment and and seeing I think you define it for yourself is is really special and if you could talk about a bit about that mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll try and keep it as short as I can because <laughs> I, I don't want to go on a massive rant and uh, and put people off but yes so I think for me so my first yoga teacher training was in India and I'm really grateful for that because obviously yoga was born in India and it was a really special place to do my training but what I have been learning um, over the last 18 months now as a consequence of the Black Lives Matter movement and then that kind of developed into um, you know being more aware of of colonization as well Mm -hmm. I I needed to take that conversation and look at it in relation to yoga and India and to be quite honest what you find when you start to dig into that is um really quite shocking so Mm -hmm. the British Raj ruled in India for I think it was about 400 years now again I'm not an expert in history but this is this is roughly what I've learned so please don't quote me word for word but this is just a rough kind of um finding of what came through for me so yes the British Raj ruled in India for about 400 years and during that time they um they basically championed only one form of yoga and that was the yoga of the hindu nationalists Mm -hmm. now if you know anything about india it is a huge country (laughs) there are one billion people in there obviously in that colonization period there wouldn't have been quite as many the population wouldn't have been as much but it's still very vast there would have been hundreds if not thousands of different yoga styles and different um you know thoughts uh thought schools that's what i'm trying to go trying to find um but anyway all of that was stamped out other than the yoga of the british raj and the reason for that was that basically hinduism was seen as the least uh threatening to christianity it was kind Mm -hmm. of the most similar um yes they have thousands of gods if, if not millions actually maybe in hinduism but um it was basically the the least threatening because they they 
they, you know, they have their main gods and they were kind of, they tried to find similarities between Jesus and Vishnu and things like that. And so it was kind of, you know, and so this one style survived and not only that, but when it then came over to the West, it was kind of just morphed and transformed into this thing that suited us. It suited the Mm -hmm. Western palette. And so there's a whole conversation there about cultural appropriation and, you know, and all of that. And again, I won't, won't go too much into that today, but it made me really think about kind of, was it okay that I was still practicing and teaching yoga and what could I do to firstly honor that history, um, but also to make sure that I wasn't just teaching something that wasn't my own Mm. and you know yes I still do use a couple of Sanskrit words in my classes but I make sure that they're words that I have the full understanding of Mm -hmm. Um, so for example a word that I've taken out of my classes is namaste Mm-hmm. because people use it as a closing namaste when actually it's you know it has hundreds of different iterations variations mm-hmm. in india and the namaste one is 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 just again one of many and it's the diluted one it's kind of yeah. and it and it's not a closing it's actually um very often more of a greeting and acknowledgement and um, and it's it's often used between uh, someone who this is my understanding, so it might be slightly wrong, but it, to someone who um, is deeply spiritual and deeply religious. So just okay. saying at the end of a class like Namaste, it's kind of like no one questioned. Well, why are we saying this Namaste? Because it makes us sound more cool, in, like right. yogis, and it's. Yep. <laughs> You know, where, whereas a phrase I have kept in my classes is Om Shanti. Mm. And that means, um, you know, peace to all, peace to everyone. And and for me, like, I, I understand that I have that understanding and that really means a lot to me. And that's genuinely what I want is, is peace to all beings. Yeah. And that's how I live my life. And so I feel comfortable with saying that, if that makes sense. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, but I'm still kind of exploring that relationship. And so leading more into your question the part of my practice I have kind of questioned a little bit more is the more esoteric stuff that I never personally experienced myself so in my classes now I speak much less about things like chakras and Mm -hmm. um and I use the word energy but not in the same way that I used to use it it used to be kind of quite a mythical thing and it's Mm -hmm. kind of now it's more you know I would say feel the energy in your right hip as you come out of a pose and that's like that's to draw attention to a physical sensation that's going Mm -hmm. on the blood's coming back into that part of your body and you know rather than like um I don't know let's uh capture the energy around us and Mm -hmm, (laughs) use that mm -hmm. to mix it you know that kind of so I, I speak about it more in like a tangible sense now because I actually understand that I have an experience of that Whereas with the chakras, to be quite honest, I never had experience of seeing the spinning centers in my, you know, for people that don't know what chakras, it's meant to be like an energy center. Um, and, and this was the other thing as well. We only have one um, system of chakras that we, mm-hmm. we know about in the West. And actually, again, there are hundreds, if not thousands of them. So I just wasn't feeling comfortable anymore with this cherry picking of stuff yeah. that just kind of I was told was part of yoga but it was part of a very diluted westernized yoga and I know kind of how I'm describing it now is making it seem like I've diluted it even more but I I think what I've done is I I, I've stripped it back and simplified it to be true to what I actually experience myself yes yeah into what I understand myself mm-hmm. and I think that for me feels a lot more honest at this moment in time but I'm sure if you were to ask me in six months time maybe I will have changed again but <laughs> and that's okay that's great that's fine yeah. yeah who knows but yeah 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 oh that listening to you talk about that I I couldn't help but think about context and mm. this isolation and this um system and I think we this this translates to all of life um, Mm -hmm. or at least all of life today 
but especially something that I'm working a lot with at the moment with chronic illness is the fact that we look at chronic illness in isolation. We take it completely out of context and therefore the kind of way we can go about healing or living can be actually quite performative. Mm -hmm. And as with yoga, again, this performative, this kind of, am I doing something I've always loved about your teaching is, is it's not how this pose looks, it's how Mm -hmm. it feels to you. Mm -hmm. And is it feeling like this? Because if it is, that's great. If, mm. Is it feeling like this? And if it isn't, okay, maybe you need to do a bit of adjustment there. Maybe, you know, you need to move into something that's a bit less traditional, like, you know. And I think it's, yeah, it, it, we need to be looking. And you said earlier about using the word holistic. Again, this word holistic has been quite bastardized, really. It's kind of, it, again, a tick box uh, kind of, a performative thing and and yoga isn't just what happens on the mat as as you have been talking about chronic illness isn't just about the way it manifests physically or mentally mm-hmm. it's about the whole picture and i think if we're going to if we're going to kind of work through these things in a way that is really um effective in our lives effective perhaps not the right the right word but really makes a difference it's really meaningful we need to be bringing in all of these different elements we need to be bringing in the history we need to be bringing in the consequences and Mm -hmm. and and looking at all of that and and the parallels between that and what you've just talked about is it's so I just really enjoyed listening to you talk about it (laughs) thank Mm. you no thank you and I think um it's it's so interesting because both of the worlds that we're in there's definitely a lot of um overlap Mm -hmm. but it's like it's it all comes back to white supremacy Mm. and patriarchy Mm. it's those two it's all comes back to that it's everything Mm. that we were speaking about earlier in terms of you know feeling like we're fat because you know we Mm. don't look the same as when we're a teenager or whatever and, and it's, it was all just forms of control that were, you know, put in to make women feel smaller or, you know, like, like with yoga, it was just a form of the, the colonizers to control, mm-hmm. you know, their, I don't know what, what even the right terminology is, but to control the, the Indian population, like they were telling mm-hmm. them what they could and couldn't do. And, and it's, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be. I think these conversations are happening more and more frequently. It's, you know, and a lot of people are understanding that when we talk about white supremacy and the patriarchy, we're not saying that every white person is bad. We're not saying that every man is bad. It's Mm -hmm. not like that at all. I think more people are beginning to understand that actually we're talking about systems that are in place. And it's kind of, you know, and that's no one person's fault. But if we're going to rebalance these systems and make them more fair, and more just for everybody, then actually we do all need to take an individual role within that system, um, mm-hmm. within that realigning, sorry. So yeah, so I, I hope more people are realizing that. And I do I do feel like they are. So you're always going to get a few people who are like, well, I'm a white man and I'm not a bad person. So right. F you. And I'm really yeah. angry now because you've pissed me off. There's always going to be a few people like that. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's, for me, that description that I've just described and changing my relationship with my yoga practice and therefore with my yoga teaching mm-hmm. is the, the the small little thing that I've started to try and kind of do to re readjust, I suppose, the mm-hmm. balance a little bit. And if we all did our little thing and looked at our biases and, you know, no, none of us are going to be perfect. We're all going to have some kind of, and actually being really honest just today, I've been thinking about how actually 
you know, some of my thought processes are probably quite fat phobic. And I'm right. that's, some, that's something that I need to look at. It was because of this, this podcast again, that I was listening <laughs> to. And it's something that I need to look at in myself because that's the conditioning. It's not yeah. my fault that, that that's kind of the thoughts, you know, because uh, there were, was a time not so long ago when I did think, well, if, if someone is, you know, really overweight and it's it, then it's their own fault because they have eaten too much and they've not moved enough. And I've, on, I've understood over the last few months that no, Lucy, it's not that simplistic at all. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot more nuance to that conversation. Think about the socioeconomic position. Right. Some people might be working three jobs. They might not have time to exercise. Some people might live in an area where they don't have access to healthy food. It might only be the KFC on the corner that they they can get. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, or they might not have a car to go and do a weekly shop like I do. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's kind of, uh, we all have to play our role in looking at our own biases and how we can just dis- begin to dismantle them because only when we do are those two, you know, power structures going to start to crumble. Watch them burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, no, 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 no. I yeah, I'm with you. And Ooh. I think, you know, and and going back to kind of it's not it's not your fault you're having those you know those thoughts it it is conditioning but it is you know our responsibility to to work on those to notice those to not feel really um offended that we've realized that we're having those thoughts if you know what I mean not take that kind of um I think I'm trying to say not take offense to ourselves. If that <laughs> Don't makes offend sense. yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but maybe not to go down that negative thought pattern, like, oh my God, I'm such a bad person for thinking yeah. that. How could I have thought that for so long? It's again like nipping that in the bud and going, okay, now I acknowledge that it's coming from that. That's the source of it. And it's not necessarily because of me that I'm at this point, but now it's down to me where I go forwards from here and how I change my thinking from here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a big compassion piece in there, I think, as well. You know, Mm -hmm. that's um, going to be a topic for another day, probably, because um, we could talk forever. We could talk forever. Um, But I think we've covered such a a great range of of topics today. And thank you so much for for giving your time and coming on here and just having a chat with me because I love having a chat with you (laughs) same I love it (laughs) I I hope I haven't come across really angry and uh... (laughs) absolutely not to me not to me I know you're not I know you're not an angry person you know but um but where can people find you Lucy so the best place probably I want to say Instagram because I'm using it again now but actually the other thing um that Alana knows I've I've done this year is is taken eight months off Instagram for my mental health and it actually worked wonders but I am back on it now so Instagram for now I don't know how long I'm going to stick around on there but my handle is Lucy Victoria Jackson yoga Mm -hmm. very catchy Um, but my website is always a fail safe there's a contact form on there so you can always always go to my website and find a contact form there and also all the information about my classes that I run because I do online classes still I do in-person classes around the Berkshire area in Ascot or Windsor if anyone's around so that's just www.lucyvictoriajackson.com Well, that was just a bloody wonderful conversation. You can find all of Lucy's links in the show notes. And if you want to join the conversation of reframing your chronic illness on a more regular basis, and when this podcast is on season breaks, I'd love to welcome you to my newsletter. You can find the link in the show notes or by heading to my website, alanaholloway.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side what would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life if you're wondering how to start figuring that out if you've got no idea where to start i've got the perfect thing for you my quiz are you more michelle gaga or mindy and what would their support squad unleash in you is now live you can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.